You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. <laughs> Everybody's got a price, it's the million dollar man. <laughs> Podcast in demand. Understand. Everybody's got a price, million dollar man. Everybody's got a price, million dollar man. Everybody's got a pod, it's the million dollar What's up, everybody? It's Marcus D'Angelo, and we are back for another episode of Everybody's Got a Pod. But this week, we had to call a little audible. On the usual day that we record, Ted was feeling under the weather, so we had to pivot. We will be back next week with the continuation of our conversation about Georgia Championship Wrestling in 1984. But for right now, we're taking a look at more of the YouTube-exclusive videos that we've put up over on that channel. This week, we're covering a variety of topics, from the return of Randy Orton and CM Punk to Mick Foley in the Hell in a Cell match in 1998 to information about Ted's biological father. Please remember to subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can get these exclusive videos when they come out on Mondays, and so you can enjoy all the content provided there, not just by Ted, but also by his friend and fellow WWE Hall of Famer Hacksaw Jim Duggan. It's youtube.com slash at everybody's got a pod. I hope you guys enjoy this compilation episode and we'll see you next week with some more content from the million dollar myth. I'd love to hear your take on a few other wrestlers who fans argue about all the time as to whether or not they belong in the hall of fame. Uh, just real quick. Let's start with the bushwhackers. Do you think they belong there? Um, if you're going to go technical, technical wrestling ability and what have you, you know, you know, like 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 that, you know, was he were they ever a huge headlining star? No, but they were always there. And and as the Bushwhackers, they got over. They got over. I mean, and they they got over big for the position they they, they were in. Uh, you know, it's kind of like with wrestling. You know, it's it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see where it's debatable uh, because you let you all bushwhackers, you know, you know, a couple, couple of crazy guys that uh, ran around doing this all the time. But when they got in the ring, brother, they were they were very good workers. So they were absolutely yeah. and captivating and memorable. Like, yeah, a couple more names that I'd love to hear your take on of. Uh, a friend of yours, uh, Tito Santana, is another name that people debate a lot. Oh gosh, I absolutely, uh, wholeheartedly believe that Tito, you know, should be in the Hall of Fame because he's another one of those guys. I mean, uh, you know, you know, he's a great athlete. I mean, uh, Tito is one of those guys. Tito's real name was Merced Solis, and he and he and myself, Telly Blanchard, uh, we were all on the same football team, West Texas State. Uh, you know, we played football together, um, has nothing to do with wrestling, but, uh, yeah, Tito, when he got into business, he, he was good. He, again, another guy, good, solid, hardworking guy. Um, uh, you know, I, th- I, th- I think, was he a tag team champion? I, I think so. I, uh, yeah, with strike force, I think. And then I believe that he was intercontinental champion as well. Yeah, and uh, so, um, 
but yeah, uh, if you, I, I think if you would ask, you know, ninety percent of the wrestlers you know, whether he deserves to be there or not, they'd say yes, absolutely. I think so too, and I believe he has the winningest record ever in WWE history, or something. There was some factoid like that that I, I heard about. That. Yeah, yeah, I think so. All right, course, last one. Uh, you know, win, <laughs> wins and losses really don't mean crap. <laughs> Not exactly the same as like a football winning record. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last one, and this is one that fans uh, kind of debate about the most, from what I've heard. Coco, beware! Do you feel like he's a Hall of Famer, Ted? Oh gosh, you know, Coco's another one of those guys. Great guy. Um, uh, maybe borderline. Um, but again, you have to understand it's kind of like every has, it's like, you know, like a football team. There's 11 different positions, you know, and there's a quarterback, and there's the backfield, and, and what have you. And it's like, um, you go okay. This 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 running back or this quarterback was inducted to the Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, why of course? You know, like well then then you go down and say, well, what about uh, this guy? He was a defensive tackle or an offensive tackle. Uh, well, they don't ever get much press. Well, you know, some guys don't get a lot of press, but they're good. They're very good at, at their position. And with that being said. Coco Beware is one of those guys who I, I, I can't think of anybody that, that would say you couldn't have a match with him. He's another guy who could work with anybody. And, um, you know, not, you know, not the, not the greatest gimmick in the world, but I mean, again, it's, it's all, it's all position positioning, you know, it's like, you know, uh, it's not always going to be. And again, in, in a, in an entertainment you know, I mean, okay, if you're looking at wrestling as a sport, you mean, wait a minute. I mean, but it is it's sports entertainment. How, you know, it's like, uh, okay, let's go to the Oscars. You know, there's, there's a lot of people that I've seen walk across that stage that got an Oscar, you know, you know, and, and I would be kind of surprised. But then once I saw what everybody was saying about them, I, I you know what I'm saying? I got, I got it. You know, again, Coco's another one of those guys, um, uh, you know, you know, he, he's, you know, he's not going to be, uh, on the top 10 list, but Hey, I'm glad he's there. Dad, I think that's perfectly said. Like the, the way the analogies that you made there were perfect because yeah. look, I, I don't think that we can look at wrestling the way that we would look at like the NFL <laughs> where we say like, well, yeah. how many, how many championships did that guy win? How many touchdowns did he pass for? Like that kind of stuff is what people use to judge whether or not somebody belongs in a, in a professional sports hall of fame. When it comes to wrestling, it's, it, I think it can be more about your contributions to the business. You exactly. know, um, and and what you brought to the table in your role, and guys like the ones we've named here brought a lot. So I'm I'm with yeah. you. Well, just again, like in the Oscars, you know, uh, there are a lot of people that get Oscars that were never in front of the the, the camera, mm -hmm. that worked behind the camera. Yep. You know, and so uh, yeah, it's like, what was your role? Did you did you play your role well? Again, Coco Beware would be one of those guys. He was never a main eventer. He was you know opening match, uh, middle middle of the card, and he was very good at at what he was there for. 
So. Perfectly said, Ted. Now, uh, recently on my podcast, The Snake Pit with Jake Roberts, uh, we talked about celebrities in the WWE Hall of Fame. And actually today, as we're recording this, Jim Duggan, I saw on his social media, just posted a picture of himself along with WWE Hall of Famer Pete Rose. Um, and so it's another subject that people debate about a lot, whether or not uh, celebrities belong in the Hall of Fame. Ted, where are you at when it comes to the WWE, including celebrities alongside wrestlers? Uh, I guess the first question I would have was, you know, what did Pete Rose ever contribute to wrestling? He, he got beat up by Kane a couple times at WrestleMania. Okay. Uh, but other than that, you know, if, if there was, if, if there was, you know, if there was some significant reason, you know, um, I would say, okay, but you know, it's the pro wrestling. It's the, you know, pro wrestling hall of fame. It's not baseball hall of fame. It's not, you know, it's kind of like, uh, it's like, take, take, take me or some other wrestler and, uh, and induct us into the professional baseball hall of fame for what? Right. And again, there's my answer. What the hell is Pete Rose doing in a wrestling hall of fame? What major contribution did he make? Did, 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 the, did the contribution that he make was significant? I I can't remember. And that speaks volumes. Like if, if you can't remember, you know, this guy is a huge baseball icon and him being involved in the WWF. I mean, that's that tells you something. Um, you know, Jake, Jake was like, absolutely not. Celebrities have no place in the Hall of Fame. Ironically, he was like, I, I think it's and Jake was like, I think it's kind of cool that Pete Rose is in there because he can't get into the Baseball Hall of Fame. So we welcome him into ours. He was like, but I was like, what about a guy like Andy Kaufman? Do you think he belongs? And Jake was like, nope. I was like, how about nope. Mr. How, how about Mr. T? He was at the first two uh, WrestleManias. Jake is like, nope. <laughs> so, Man, so he, I agree. He, I agree with Jake. No. He, yeah, he's with you. And uh, look, it's, you know, and I said this to Jake, imagine being a guy who worked in wrestling for 20 years, blood, sweat, tears, broken bones, <laughs> up on the road, making shit money sometimes, uh, but still doing it for love of the game. Uh, and, and doing it well. And doing it well. And then and then Mr. T gets in there uh, before you do. It would be very offensive. I, I absolutely agree. You know, and so, you know, and oftentimes, you know, like, uh, you know, the, the WWE Hall of Fame, you know, uh, a lot of people say, well, uh, it's more of the uh, Vince McMahon Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, you know, who, who does Vince want in there? I mean, I mean, because it certainly isn't it certainly isn't voted on by any of us. Which really is, I mean, I, that's a really good point, Ted. Like they should have a panel of Hall of Famers who cast votes. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's maybe someday uh, down the line that'll be the reality. <laughs> I wish it was now. Randy Orton has made his return to WWE after being gone since May of 2022. Ted, he is 43 years old and he underwent uh, fusion surgery on his lower back. It was apparently even advised by some doctors not to return. Uh, Ted, I know that you got to see a lot of Randy early in his career and certainly when he was part of Legacy with Ted Jr., what do you think of his work and his decision to return? Well, you know, I thought Randy was great. I, I really did. I mean, uh, I, I, again, not all, but most guys like myself who grew up in this business and whose fathers 
were wrestlers. They do good. They do good because they've lived it all their life. And, and, and again, for those like, and, and Randy would be one of those because, you know, his dad and I, and I wrestled it about the same time. And yeah, and I, you know, I don't know though, but I mean, it's kind of like, um, and how, how would you say he is now? He is 43 years old, and uh, yeah, it's, you know, look, when he left in, in May of 2022, he was still at the top of his game. He had that back fusion surgery, so who knows if he's going to, you know, be the same old Randy Orton. But, I mean, yeah. even Randy Orton at whatever, 60% is still probably going to be one of the better wrestlers out there, right? Yeah, yeah, I, w- I, w- I would agree. But, I, you know, it's like a, I just made a promise to myself way back when I started this that I was not going to stay too long, that I was not going to, you know, I don't, I don't want to be one of those guys showing up on TV, you know, wearing wrestling tights and everybody's going, uh, you know, put a shirt on too, you know, (laughs) (laughs) like, you know, and, uh, you know, we knew a couple, we know, we both know a couple of guys that need to put the shirt on. Right. There's a couple out there. Yeah. (laughs) Great guys, great wrestlers, but, you know, and so anyway, uh, I, you know, my dad's passing um, made me promise myself that I wouldn't stay too long. And I actually, uh, and I wasn't, I was still in pretty, pretty good shape. And I, I you know, I guess I would think Randy is too oh, yeah. uh, when I was turning 40. Um, but I, I promised myself that I wouldn't, you know, I was, you know, so I said, you know, active a wrestler's done. And then I went from being a wrestler, in-ring wrestler, to a ringside manager. I was still in the business. I was still very, very much a part of what was going on, but in a totally new capacity. Now, I mean, Randy, Randy's had a really long career now. He's been in wrestling for 20 years, uh, as a matter of fact. And, I mean, if if uh, you were advising him, would you advise him to hang it up now? Or do you think, like, okay, modern medicine, keep going, kid? What are your thoughts? You know, I would, I would probably have to talk to him personally and, and, and see just, just what's gone on with him and um, you know, and how long he, you know, wants to continue and that type of thing. Um, you know, but I, you know, you know, but having had back surgery, they must've done some kind of fusion or something. So you want to go in there and start taking back bumps again. Yeah. That that doesn't make sense. I don't know. Again, I I would have to talk to Randy, you know, and, and, you know, and, and of course, and and to know, you know, what his doctors have, have said and, and, and what the severity of his his back issues are. So, yeah, I know that it was a fusion. And, uh, you know, like I said, though, he's I mean, 43 now in pro wrestling. That's like, you know, it's nothing. You know, you've got guys much, much older, still active and still working at a, at a pretty high level. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, certainly something, something for him to think about whenever it comes to his future health and how he's going to be moving around when he's in his sixties and seventies. Yeah. But I mean, overall, Ted, Randy Orton, his career, like, what do you think has made him connect so well with fans over the years? Um, again, uh, the one thing that, that you can't teach anybody, and I don't care whether you're a wrestler, a movie star, uh, you know in the entertainment industry, you have to have charisma and you, 
if you have charisma, your charisma can be enhanced. If you know what I mean, it's like you can, you can help somebody, you know, pour it on a little more, but Mm -hmm. you, you, you can't teach anybody charisma. You either have it or you don't. It's the spark. I've seen, I've seen a couple I've seen guys go out and have, uh, were technically a, a good match. It's like they didn't do anything really wrong, but the the match was flat because they're not they're not doing anything as a personality to excite the crowd. Mm. If you know what I'm saying. Yes. It's hard. Charisma's hard to explain, but I mean, if if you know if you know you you know if you know it you, you got it. Um. I've heard a lot of people refer to uh, Brad Armstrong in that way, where they're like, God, just incredible, perfect technical wrestler, great shape, great look. But like on the mic, he just he just didn't really have that that, you know, kind of pull people in type uh, charisma on the microphone. Yeah, right? yeah, you're that's that's correct. And you'll notice it, too. A lot of times, you know, the, the purpose of a manager is you got a guy that's really good looks good uh his work is really good but again you put that microphone in front of him and and uh so a lot of times a manager is given to somebody to add that charisma you know to be that the, the, the spokes the spokesperson for that person well, Randy certainly never needed it. He's he's yeah. got every single tool out there. He's great in the ring, great look, yes. great shape, yeah. a great finish. Yeah. yeah, great promo. So it's I'm glad to see he's back. Uh, but you know, hopefully, hopefully he'll uh, he'll he can weigh all of his options very seriously before stepping back into the ring after a surgery like that, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and one of the guys, I mean, Pat Patterson. Yeah, everybody knew Pat was gay. Pat was one of the brightest guys. I mean, he was Vince's right-hand man for years. And thank goodness he was because he was really smart and really, you know, it's kind of like, uh, what was he? You know, he would even joke with me about it. <laughs> we, we, uh, when I was wrestling him one night, this was, this was back when I first went, when I first went to New York, not, not in 87. 79. Yeah, and when uh, and you know, as I was going out, he was coming in, right? And so, uh, so, uh, and and of course, I had seen him. Uh, he and uh, I'm trying to think of the guy he was, he was tagged with. Uh, Back in the day, it was Ray Stevens. Ray Stevens, yeah, he and Ray Stevens are an unbelievable tag team. Anyway, um, and so. Um, um, he, I said, well, what are we going to do tonight, Pat? So he kind of gave me the thing about what this this would be the finish with. Uh, and uh, he says, he says, you got it? I said, got it. Great. He says, okay, just remember one more thing. If I get behind you, you're fucked. <laughs> I looked at him. <laughs> he, he just broke up laughing. <laughs> Oh, God. oh my gosh amazing I mean, I mean yeah yeah well you can laugh about it i mean and that's just it it's like um you know I, he was my friend i don't know if you showed this or if you if you had a clip or something but i saw a clip of vince walking with a cane with a cane 
Yes, that was online. It was a big UFC fight. He was there with yeah. The Undertaker. And a lot of people were like, uh, why is Vince McMahon using a cane? And it's like, um, do we know how old he is? He's in his 70s now, you know? Well, well yeah, hey, he's uh, he's like almost 80. Yes, yes. But, you know, and, and okay, and, and there's a, for, for sure, there's a lot of 80-year-olds that can't w- walk very well. But Vince took such good care of himself. I mean, Vince was, I mean, he was a fanatic about uh, staying in shape and, 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 and lifting weights. I mean, I mean, he, the gym in the office in Stanford, I mean, it's got every imaginable machine you could think of. I mean, he could actually open it up as a, as a, a gym to the public, but it's just for, <clears throat> just for him and for his, his, uh, his people. And here's here's the other element that I think a lot of people aren't really thinking about is you brought up that he was a workout fanatic, which is great, and it'll keep you in great shape. However, to to pack on all the muscle that Vince McMahon packed on, that takes a huge, huge strain on your body. Uh, you're lifting a lot of really heavy weights, a lot of repetition, and stuff like that breaks down joints. And if you have joints that have been worn on and worked out for years and years and years, by the time you get into your 70s and close to your 80s, you're probably going to be having to use a cane to get around. Yeah, so maybe I should just stick to what my heart doctor told me and keep walking. I don't think you need to be out there bench pressing anymore, Ted. There's probably no reason for it. <laughs> uh, you yeah. know, I guess, you know, there's got to be a line there. So I, I, I don't think if if I just went and didn't, you know, you know, and I have no reason to want to impress anybody anymore with, oh, man, look how much I can bench press. Huh? <laughs> Those days are way gone. Uh, and I, I never, I never could out bench, out bench press anybody anyway. You know, uh, my thing is always was, it was lightweight and a lot of reps. Yep. And, and that's, that's a way to get fit. But now when you start, you know, taking all that protein and all that stuff and, and pushing all that heavy iron, like you said, yeah, you pack on a lot of muscle, but you know, it's a strain. Okay, let's take a minute to discuss our fantastic sponsor that is changing the lives of men everywhere. Of course, we are talking about Blue Chew. Are you ready to perform with the confidence of the million-dollar man in the bedroom? Are you ready to leave your partner feeling like a million bucks? Are you ready to get that thing so hard you could go hunting with it? If the answer to all those questions is yes, it's time for you to give Blue Chew a try. Blue Chew can help increase your performance and regain that old confidence where it counts the very most. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so that you can plan ahead or be ready when that opportunity springs up. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part of it, it's all done online. You can forget about those visits to the doctor's office, no more weird, awkward, uncomfortable conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy anymore. It comes right to you. Bluetooth tablets are made right here in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. But you know the drill, guys. There's not going to be anything discreet about your package. 
Men everywhere have never been more excited to see their mail carrier arrive because when your package arrives, your package arrives. Listen, I know what your next question is. Will it actually work? Why don't you try it for free and find out for yourself? Something free from the Million Dollar Man? That's right. You can try it right now for free. All you have to do is pay $5 shipping. That's it. Place your order now and give your partner a very pleasant surprise. Women are attracted to confidence and Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. Don't wait any longer. Time to chew it and do it. Take advantage of our special deal. Again, you can try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code EGAP at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code EGAP, and receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring Everybody's Got a Pod. Have you ever seen the Hell in a Cell match with Mick Foley where he got, uh, he went through the cell and, you know, the chair hit him in the face and his tooth came through his lip. Are you familiar with this? Yeah. Okay. So you've seen like the footage of Mick getting thrown off the cell through the table and then the, the crazy bump through the cage. I mean, uh, you know, again, your Amarillo, Terry Funk trained you. Terry Funk was actually there for that match. Uh, you know, you learned your craft from guys like Terry Funk and your father and this old yeah. school mentality. When you're seeing what Mick Foley was doing in this Hell in a Cell match, I mean, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, again, that's it. It's it's wild, crazy stuff. But he's selling it. <laughs> he had to. That, I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, I mean, sometimes you really get hurt. <laughs> but, but, uh, but, I mean, Mick... Mick, you know, Mick has been, I mean, Mick has been three different characters, mm-hmm. but the, you know, the, the reason that he gets over irregardless of what character it is, is because he knows how to sell and he knows how to have a match with somebody else and make them sell. <laughs> <laughs> Did you feel like uh, Mick doing that? I mean, spectacular spots, unbelievable. I mean, like, you know, it's it, it set the bar for Hell in a Cell that really hasn't been matched to this day. Like, how do you follow it in a Hell in a Cell match? Do you yeah. feel like something like that hurts the business, though, Mick, Mick taking those gigantic, terrifying, very real bumps? Uh, no, only as long as, 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 only as, long as you do you know is if now if, if mick took a horrible you know uh you know like a, an enormous uh one of those you know it's like uh what are you looking for you're you're looking for that holy shit moment mm-hmm. where everybody goes holy shit i can't believe that happened oh my gosh well you know those are great as long as they're sold now if if mick had taken a bump like that and bounced up like nothing happened it's worthless. It right. means zero. You know, I was a I was a 49er fan at one time too, because one one of the guys that I played college football with, his name was John Ayers, and uh, he was an offensive tackle for us and uh, at West Texas State. He got drafted by the 49ers and he was a starter. Uh, his he was number 68, and he he was there for the dynasty run. He had three Super Bowl rings. Wow. And uh, uh, God bless him. He passed away way too young, way too young. Uh, but yeah, but for that for that period of time, I was a huge 49er fan because I had a vested interest in the, 
You know what I, you know what I mean? You gotta, gotta be, gotta yeah. be cool to see your buddy going out there winning yeah. Super Bowls with Joe Montana and those guys. Yeah. I never stopped being a cowboy fan, you know, and I was like, Oh, holy, holy crap. You know, what if, what if it's the 49ers and the Cowboys? <laughs> Another funny story. So we, you know, we wrestled out in San Francisco all the time and we stayed at, it was the, they call it the airport Marriott. And uh, it was close to the airport and, and you could, it's right on the, on the bay and you could see the stadium lights from our hotel wow. where, where, where they, where they played. Okay. Well, um, so, you know, and now my, my buddy, John Ayers had, had left the 49ers by that time. I can't remember. They, they, they traded him to somebody and then, you know, and then he was out. Um, but, uh, I remember I, I came down into the, the hotel lobby and, uh, there's all these great big guys in the lobby. I mean, oh, you know, and I said, gosh, what's this, you know, what's, where'd all these monsters come from? You know, and one of the guys at the desk said, that's the 49ers. Uh, <laughs> he says, they, they check them in. They spend the night here at the hotel and do all their, you know, they, they have all their team meetings and stuff, you know, the night before a game, you know, and I think that's probably the coaches making sure that they don't, don't go out and get in trouble, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, keep them all together. So anyway, that I thought that was pretty cool. So, this was a, a Marriott, and I said, like, I was I was walking out of the building. So a, a lot of hotels, there there's an outer door, and then there's a little a little uh, what do you call it, a foyer there, a little a little area, and right. then there's another door. So you walk through one door, and then you walk through one more door to get into the lobby. So I walked through the first door going out. And this guy walks through the other door coming in and I look up and I went, Oh my gosh, Joe Montana. <laughs> and I said, Oh my gosh, Joe Montana. He said, Holy shit. It's the million dollar man. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I know why I know you. How do you know me? He says, are you kidding? He said, when John was with us, you know, we knew the whole story, his relationship with the monks, you know, and we used to, we used to watch you guys wrestle, you know, in the, while we were in the locker room, like, uh, I, I mean, getting dressed out for a game, they would have wrestling on. And so I thought that was pretty funny, but anyway, man, it gotta I, I, be, you know, I wish I, I'll have to bring it and show it. I've got, but I've got a, uh, I've got a picture uh, signed by Joe Montana. So, oh man, cool. yes, please uh, send me a picture of that. I'll I'll share it here on the podcast. Man, it got to be a weird feeling when Joe Montana recognizes you out in public. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow. That that is... know, you know, but that whole thing with him and the and wrestling uh, was because of John and his relationship, my older brother and my younger brother. We are, all have the same mother, and we each have a different father. Mm. Uh, my older brother, Mike, whose given name at birth was Albert. His dad was Al Galinto. That pro- name is familiar. Uh, he's, he's an older pro wrestler. And that my mother married him and had a, and had a child like by the time she was 18. And and I think that's how she may have gotten into wrestling herself. I'm not sure. 
but uh, somewhere along the way after after that she met my biological father whose name was ted wills and ted wills was a professional singer he was like uh he was a regular on the old, there was an old TV show called the Tennessee Ernie Ford show. And Tennessee Ernie Ford was, a, a, a you know, b- back in the day, a very famous singer. And, you know, my dad sang in a quartet. He sang, he sang solo and what have you. Yeah. And, um, and, and, uh, I had a, you know, when he, and then when my mother married, when they divorced, when my mother and he had divorced, and, and my mother told me, she said, your, 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 your dad, Ted, or Teddy, they called me Teddy, was not a bad guy. She said, he just, he had so much talent and he was just waiting for it to drop in his lap. And he also said, out there in Hollywood, you have to, you have to run after it. You have to chase it. Mm-hmm. You have to seek it out. And she said, he didn't do that. He was just waiting for it to happen. And, and she says, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't take it anyway. And then, uh, so she goes to wrestling and, uh, somewhere along the way, she met Mike DiBiase and they found out that they basically went to the same grade school at different times and, 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 and practically lived, uh, you know, like w- within, you know, 12 or 15 blocks of each other and never met. You mentioned CM Punk there. Did you hear the big news about him? Ah. Uh, he just returned to the WWE over the weekend here at Survivor Series. Wow. Uh, I missed it. Man, huge, huge, huge wrestling news. I mean, he left on really bad terms about nine years ago in 2014. And went to AEW, had some trouble there behind the scenes. He got into, actually, I think it was two separate fist fights, altercations backstage, and that spelled the end of his time there. And he's gotten this reputation as being a guy who's uh, polarizing and hard to deal with behind the scenes. And nobody thought that he was going to make his return. And uh, much like guys like Goldberg and the Ultimate Warrior, he did make his return to to WWE. Let's just hope he can keep it uh, between the lines uh, backstage, right? Well, and again, uh, the only thing, see, I don't, I, you know, I don't know anything about uh, CM Punk's personality or, or, or any of that. All I'm, I am strictly talking about his work and his work is really good. And it's a lot like, and, and of course, uh, and, you know, I didn't realize it, but I, you know, one of my mentors, Terry Funk, you know, had poured into him some, I mean, he actually came to Terry's funeral. Wow. You know, I was like, wow, I didn't, you know, I didn't know that they had that kind of a relationship. And apparently they did. And, you know, it's interesting you should mention Terry because uh, that's that's one of the guys that Punk reminds me of a lot of the time is he's got like some Terry Funk kind of realism flavor to his work. And yeah. uh, it's it's interesting seeing him. I'm excited that he's back in WWE. I know that a lot of fans are kind of torn where they're like, oh, this guy's a shit disturber. And some fans are excited he's back. I'm one of the ones who's excited. Let's see what he can do. Well, you know, uh, the, the what is it? The, 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 the squeaky wheel gets uh, oiled. Oil. yep it does and look sometimes i think maybe i should have been a little more squeaky (laughs) 
<laughs> there's something to be said for it i mean look at all the success that, that punk has had arn anderson recently had his graphic novel come out called arn anderson my life is the enforcer and in it uh he's got a story with illustrations of driving your trans am while you were asleep in the back oh yeah 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 and he he says like what a huge thrill it was because he was a big Smokey and the bandit fan and you know there's you this veteran wrestler at the time yeah. and he's he's brand new to the business and uh you're allowing him to drive your vehicle and uh he it's it was such an impactful part of his career that he decided to include it in his autobiographical graphic wow wow yeah so i'll have to send yeah. you the pictures of it that's awesome but i mean and i tell you what arn Arn became one of the best, you know, he picked it up quick and, uh, you know, and he's, you know, he's, you know, kind of been like, like a, we, from the day we met, you know, we were friends and then the friendship just grew. And then it's to the you know, same today as ever, as ever, actually bigger. Hey, Ted, I did dig up this photo. That's from Arn's graphic novel. So that's the depiction of your Trans Am. They don't show you, but if you look closely, you can see that they've got all the Z's in there of you uh, asleep in the back seat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Who? who I, I can't read that. Who's the the guy uh, in the middle? That is a uh, young Arn Anderson depicted in the middle there. Ah, I see. Yep. Yeah, it's hard to read from here, but look, it's it's worth checking out. If you guys are uh, just listening to us, go to our YouTube page, check this uh, that image out, and go uh, support Iron Anderson. Go pick up that graphic novel of his. Yeah, you know that I love that car. Oh my gosh, uh, the, I call it my Smokey and the Bandit Trans Am. It looked just like the Trans Am that uh, who was it? Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds drove in Smokey and the Bandit. And uh, oh my gosh, did I? I put some miles on that car, and I'll tell you what, that baby would jump up and go. Um, yeah, I got a few tickets. Do you remember uh, what became of it? Um, I ended up trading it, and uh, you know, and even now I go, gosh, you know, why didn't I just keep that car? I mean, like, you know, I mean that it's like. I mean, I I see them every now and then. I I'll see one uh, that's like it or or close to like it or whatever, and you know it's like you know I you know I, it's like they never they've never lost their popularity. No, in, in my opinion, there's they're as popular today as they were back in the whatever that year was. <laughs> they're timeless, man, because of the movie um, Burt Reynolds and how yeah. cool he was in that. And yeah, man, it's uh, that's a that's a pretty badass car that you own there. There's a book that was written, and I can't I can't remember who the author is, but it was called The Heels. Did you ever Heels. notice that book? No, but hang on, I'll look it up. I'd like I'd like to you know I'm, I want to because. Because there's all these different guys that were heels in the wrestling business, and it kind of pissed me off because the only re the only time I'm mentioned in there is when they're telling my dad's story. That is a travesty, <laughs> as you know. We discussed and, it and there are uh, and there are other heels in this book who couldn't lace my boots. And so I would like for whoever 
wrote that book to get this message. You know what? You did a pretty good job, but when you can leave me out of it, I think there's a whole lot of people, including Vince McMahon, that said you blew it. Uh, the one that I'm finding right now is called Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, The Heels. Um, and it was written by Greg Oliver and Steven Johnson. Is that ringing a bell for you? Um, that would have to be the one. I can't think of another one. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a few books that, you know, include like <laughs> wrestling skills and heroes and, and things of that nature. But this is the one, you know, that's called The Heels. So uh, I, I think that that must be the one. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, you know, you and I have discussed it here on the show before. It's like, you know, I, I don't know that anybody's had a heel run like the one that you had, at least not on the same stage as as, as big a stage as you were on. Um, so, yeah, no, for, I mean, for you to be left out of that is. Well, and, and again, and, and, and again, why was I on that stage so long? Because you were great at it. <laughs> You know, I, you know, and I, you know, I, I don't often, and I don't want to blow my own horn, you know, but, but when you had a career, you know, the length of mine and, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know. There are people who I run into and uh, they'll, they'll, they'll hear somebody talk to me or something. And, and, and they just said, well, so you were a wrestler? I said, yeah. And I said, well, so what was your wrestling name? Uh, and I said, you know, they, well, they called me the million dollar man. Oh, you were that guy. They don't know anything about wrestling, but they remember that guy. They remember that name. Yep. Nobody did it on, as I said, like it, nobody had the mainstream stage. You're the, you're the greatest mainstream heel of all time, in my opinion. And I can back that up, too, because my wife is not a wrestling fan. But the first time you and I talked, uh, you were with Jake and Jake handed you the phone and you got on the phone with me and we started talking about doing a podcast. I got mm -hmm. off the phone and my wife was like, who was that? And I said, that was a million dollar man. And she knew exactly who I was talking about. And wow. she's not a wrestling fan. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it really speaks to how badly if, if it is this Greg Oliver guy, which I don't know if it is or not, uh, how badly he missed the the boat here whenever it comes to uh, talking about the greatest heels of all time. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, uh, it's. I don't know. I, I guess, yeah, like almost insulting or uh, just like, wow. Um, you know, to be able to get all of these different, you know, and, and uh, you know, uh, I, I, I don't. Yeah, we won't. We won't bury I, the guy I, I, anymore. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. I got, I got it off my chest. Everybody's got a part. Everybody's got a price. DBS. Everybody's got a price.